Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk to Bowler. His interview brought to you every week by our friends at University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he makes magic happen at AT&T Sportsnet and is the recent, uh, I guess, uh, subject of a, fe- a feature written by Lee Benson in the Deseret News. The television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler-Jack. What's going on, Bowler? Guys, how are you? It's uh, good to hear your voices. Uh, kind of a bummer day, but on we go. Bowler, I- I'm just glad that one columnist in town was taking note of your hard work. Yeah, it was hurtful, uh, but I was able to you know really reestablish a long you know relationship there with Lee again. But I don't even know what's that name, Gordon. No, it's Gordon. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, and Bowler, how did uh, how did Lee Benson get a hold of you again? I know it was through it was through you. <laughs> oh no! It was man, good though, Bowler. It was, it was, is it was that awesome. Gordon? Is that why you asked me for Bowler's number the other day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bowler's number. Ah, no, hey, uh, it was it was fun. He did a great uh, job. We had a good chat. Um, you know, he's like you, Gordon, very talented with the pen, <clears throat> and it was um, it was fun. You know, there's a lot of people behind the scenes trying to put these games, put them on, and you know, entertaining. Um, one more on Thursday, the seeding games, and then we'll find out if we play Monday or Tuesday next week and who <laughs> will be the opponent. Uh, still unknown uh, with one game to go uh, in the bubble. Bowler, what do you make of the way the Jazz are handling these games, playing the young players? Well, I think there's two things working here. And, again, I don't know. This is my own take, okay? So I always say for my chair, for my seat, uh, I think it's positioning uh, for postseason play. They must have an analytic, uh, you know, printout of how this could potentially work out. Um, I don't think uh, I may be wrong, but I don't think anybody, anybody wants to see the, the, the Houston Rockets again. And I think uh, they don't mind a matchup with Jokic and the Nuggets uh, if they fall to seven. Uh, it possibly could be if they jumped to seven, even though they lost last night. I don't know if that's even still possible, but the Clippers are there. Uh, most likely it's uh, the Jazz and the Nuggets, but things can still happen. The Jazz, remember, played the first night uh, in the bubble on their return, that doubleheader with the Clippers and the Lakers and uh, New Orleans and the Jazz. So Utah is, is really missing the one game down the stretch here. They've got the one more game. And they're going to kind of have to wait and see how this plays out. The other part of this equation, I think, again, um, you know, plays into the hands of this. If you are working and working your way uh, to a potential first-round preferred matchup, what better time also to evaluate some interesting young physical athletic talent that they may eye uh, to join this roster next year. And it's going to be a quick turnaround, by the way. If things go, hopefully, as planned, 
you know, you may see the NBA hopefully back in early, mid, and maybe they do launch on Christmas Day. Don't know. But they've got to make some quick decisions on players, and this is another opportunity to put them in the so-called lab and let them play against quality NBA players and see how they fare. I mean, there's been several moments that I've had a couple of wow factors in the athleticism of, of most of these guys they've put on the floor. Mia Yoni, Rajon Tucker, Jarrell Brantley come to mind. Um, and, I, and again, I think the Jazz really wanted to see after such a, a successful season with the Stars, and remember Brantley was a, a first-team G League pick, they wanted to really see what these guys, how they would stack up against you know, the NBA, NBA bona fide players. And though they lost a 22-point lead yesterday, the, the starting five, um, you know, tied a franchise record for threes and a, and a half, 13. Joe looked great without Donovan Mitchell. And I thought the team played extremely well, one of their better halves, uh, without even Donovan and Boyan Bogdanovich. So, um, you know, Quinn is kind of moving pieces around, see what, see what works best. And you know what? A couple of those players may be needed in the postseason. Who knows? But uh, I think that's kind of the, the, work, the, the, the work in progress of what they're trying to do as they guide themselves towards uh, next week's postseason play. If they are going to have some success in the postseason, Bowler, uh, the three ball is going to be critical. We've talked about that a lot. And they, they got off to a slow start shooting that thing, but it seems to have come around. That's got to be good news. Yeah, you know, I think the three was there too, Jake and Gordon, the entire time. The looks were there. The shots were there. They, the spacing was there. And I know it sounds real simple to just make the shots. We always say make those shots. Uh, in reality, uh, you know, two things could have happened. Um, it could have been new court, new floor, new hoop, uh, virtual fans. I don't know what it was. But it, it, uh, it, it went through the entire team. It just wasn't one or two players. And then all of a sudden, you get, um, you know, Joe tuned in. Niang now has had two games where he has found the three-point range. Jordan Clarkson uh, as well. Uh, Joe is, is, I think, the key, to be honest. Just the way he handles the ball, he seems so comfortable making decisions. He can either speed up the game, slow it down to his liking, and then he can just kind of step back and knock home a three. And that's really his style of play, his game. So he's, he has the ball in his hands more with Donovan out. And I think, obviously, Quinn trusts him to a high degree on running the show, running the team, and getting everybody involved. And you look at his assist of late, that's exactly what he's doing. He's scoring, but also handing the ball out. And his favorite target, target seems to be Gobert. And, you know, speaking of that, Bowler, I think it's really effective when the Jazz can do that inside-out thing. Get the ball in to Gobert. Let him – he seems to want to be active around the basket. Get him the ball down there for a dunk or a layup or shoot the three, one or the other. You know, I think it's an effective way to play basketball, and I think Quinn Snyder agrees. And then you mix in a few mid-range jumpers that you'll see from Conley or the floater uh, or Moutier or Clarkson. You know, that gives you a different look, a little different off-tempo from what you're used to seeing. So I know know analytics and Dave, you know, Locke and I talk about this all the time. You know, it's just like pound for pound, Gordon. Our discussion of years, uh, it continues on. But analytics will always say three is more than two. I get it. Uh, And the high percentage shot is at the rim. Absolutely. But still in this game, there is still, in my opinion, the need – to have a guy or a couple of players who can still be effective from the 15-foot range, right? I mean, sometimes the three's not there, sometimes the rim's not there. And it's good to have somebody who has confidence 
in that shot. I'd rather have two than nothing. And that's always been my argument. But I understand analytics. Yes, three is more. And the high percentage shot is at the rim. And that's what the Jazz are, true, Gordon, are trying to do. But I still think the Clarksons, the Conleys, and even the Moutier still give the Jazz a little bit different uh, feel at times when they can pull the trigger on a mid-range jump shot. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's me. Um, but, you know, the three is going to be obviously important. And the way they're shooting the ball now, I hope they can carry that over into the playoffs. And the one thing I, that I've watched in the scrimmages and these first seven games, there, there, there is still an issue that has to be dealt with, and that's still turnovers. Uh, that's it's been pretty high. The, the count's been high. And the damage done off those turnovers has been high as well. And sometimes, Gordon and Jake, when you feed the big man, Gobert, that ball has to be perfect. Uh, you know, the low pass hip, uh, the low pass or off right or left side, you know, Ingles seems to have it down pretty well where Rudy wants it, needs it. But if that ball isn't placed perfectly, that ball sometimes is slapped away, mishandled, and that transitions into points on the other end and a four-point uh, turnaround. So that's the only thing I look at, the danger of, of the lob, the high pass, is it has to be on target and on Rudy's hands near the rim or, or many times I think can get away from you. So, yeah, um, I, like, I like what they're doing. Uh, when they're all on the floor together. And I'm, I think they've had moments that they've looked real good without Bogdanovich. And I think that, that the, the experiment will continue. I'm not sure how they play San Antonio on Thursday. They may go all in with a tight nine-man nine rotation, but we'll, we'll see what Quinn has, uh, has planned. Bowler is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, you've colored, uh, covered college football for a long, long time, and you are a former student-athlete yourself. What is your reaction to the Big Ten and Pac-12 uh, uh, shutting it down officially today? Well, and throw in Mountain West, and uh, oh my gosh, guys, look, I, this is the type, kind of, you know, the time of year that, you know, again, can I go back and just, Gordon, you, you've heard this story before, but it, it's about... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's about the smells of the game, and that's what is what it's about. It's about the, the sounds and the smells. It's about the pads popping, the sweat. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's the grass. Uh, it's it's all the above. And to not to have the players involved, I feel really bad for because they work hard. It's a year-round sport. Uh, they've been pumping weight and trying to find their way into a safe environment. And now the the rug is pulled, and will other Big Five conferences follow? There's there's going to be a lot of teams playing if they do play with very minimal schedules. I know uh, the SEC or was it the ACC who said they would go on playing just conference games, and they may may end up doing that. But um, it's sad, guys, that we've reached this point in this uh, in this pandemic that. You cannot guarantee the health, the safety of players. Now, the league, the NBA, has had had the incredible idea of the bubble, but you can't really do that with 100 athletes on each team in the collegiate ranks. Um, I just don't see how you can pull that off and try to keep that many young men under wraps and survey their activity. I just don't see it. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of presidents probably realize that it's nearly an impossible task. But you also have the other person arguing that go ahead and give it a shot, right? Um, they're young, but I know presidents also are concerned about uh, classroom plus the athletic field. And, again, from what I understand, there's not going to be any fans in the stands. 
So I, I maybe it's a, they, they feel like they chalk it up to a, just a one-year loss and they try to reset the button next year. But, man, I'm going to miss it. Um, and I think fans will. But I really feel sorry for the players who put so much time and effort uh, who need this, their scholarship. I'm not sure. I haven't really read the in-depth details of it, Jake and Gordon. But, you know, those meals, you know, training tables, uh, where they live, all those things come into play here with a scholarship and being on campus. And it's uh, I didn't think we'd come to it, but here we are. You know, Jake, uh, I don't know if you know this, but when Bowler talks about the smells of the game, uh, you know, we're I'm, we were of similar age. And I remember back in the day when Bowler used to, you know, go around sniffing the guy's uniforms and whatnot. <laughs> and it creeped him out a little bit, but he loved yeah. it, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. When you say Pads. that, though – Pad helmets, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get real stinky after a while. Yeah, they do. They... they get stinky for sure. I never washed. I never washed. I uh, never mind. That's a whole other story. So. <laughs> you never washed what? <laughs> no, I never. You know the 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 shirt, the cutoff, the shirt that we use to put under our pads. I never. I never washed it. I'm superstitious. Never washed it. Mm. Well, I hope you, you wash some you don't stuff. Think, you don't think you don't think that had a little odor to it? Wow. <laughs> Oh man! You know, I love it when you talk about that stuff, Bowler, because it it brings out the passion you had for football. And I know that was I know you call basketball games and whatnot, but you've done a lot of other sports as well. But you absolutely loved playing football. I do. I, I loved it. I wish uh, if there was a fantasy island and you could say the plane, the plane, boss. I mean, I, I if I could play one more game, I mean, it would be awesome. But I'd have to have a new, a, a whole new body to do it. But <laughs> I love it. I know it's a dangerous uh, sport to under to take on. To and you know the safety is still a big issue uh, in the game. Um, but there's something about the, the locker room, about the huddle, that always drew me in. Uh, and it's hard to explain unless you've been in that huddle or in that locker room. But um, I, I think that's going to be you know for the players that's one thing they're going to miss. I think fans, of course, it's religion in the South. The SEC, where I did most of my games uh, when I was with CBS for those 13 years, there's nothing like the SEC. Jake it, and, and Gordo, I mean, you know, Auburn, Alabama, um, you know, Tuscaloosa. Uh, wow, I mean, you bring in another 40,000 just in mobile, beautiful, by the way, motorhomes. And they make another city down there. And, and they, they build their whole lives around the football schedule. And it's got to be devastating for many um, in the Big Big Ten and Pac-12 now. And Mountain West and what other conferences may join this group. But, you know, if the SEC plays on, you know, you hope for the best and the health of the players and the same in the ACC. But uh, I think it impacts the fans' entire fall and their whole Gosh, I tell you, you start to get into mental, you know, concerns of just about missing athletics because we are a society that loves sports. And right now, luckily, the NBA is back and it's been done through an incredible process, by the way. I got to tip my hat to Adam Silver time and time again because I didn't know if the bubble really would work. But so far, it's held. And, you know, I thought it was just going to be really difficult to see if the NFL or college football could pull off something similar. I'm not sure if there ever was a plan to Jake. I really am not really not certain if um, if Roger Goodell or the college presidents or the commissioners really ever had a true plan. We never really got one, did we? Or did I miss it? No, no, not not universally, certainly. Yeah, 
And, and again, I think that's part of the problem. You know, it didn't go away. Um, and, you know, there really wasn't another avenue to go to. And then when you start talking about health of individuals and then, you know, that has to be a, uh, the biggest concern. Uh, when it, And, you know, the fans, too, they, they already knew they were going to play in empty stadiums. And that itself is sad. Um, when I call the games, that's the energy that you that you loved, and what Saturday afternoons are all about is to see those seventy to one hundred and ten thousand fans in in packed stadiums around the country, and uh, not to even now see it on TV is uh, for a lot of fans is going to be difficult. It really will. Well, or one last thing, real quick. Uh, you mentioned the motor homes at the SEC games. I've been thinking about getting one. You want to get one, and uh, we'll just sort of motor around the country a little bit, going to football games. Uh, are you Are you telling me you're thinking about uh, taking yeah. a long break here, or what, man? <laughs> or are you telling me That's maybe so... down the road it's a good idea? Maybe oh, on down know, the road, they, yeah. You know, maybe yeah. if your summer we can all just get like you know. You know, instead of like uh, motorcycle gangs, we'll be motorhome gang. We'll just be driving down and taking up, you know, two spaces on the road and say, yeah, young fella, try to get past me. Uh, I'll tell you, well, I just want to uh, experience the Waldorf Astoria on wheels that Gordon's looking at. That's that's oh, really what I'd want to get. Well, in I with. know that I'd, I'd only have, you know, that, you know, that mid-level range, but I'd have to knock on his door. Maybe, no, no, a doorbell. Um, and to even be allowed in, then wipe my feet, and then be greeted at the door by a, a butler. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> white tablecloths, you know, all the finest china. Yes. Tux uh, and yeah. tails, even though you're camping. <laughs> you believe it. Was... Hey, yeah, tonight we're going tux and tails, guys. Uh, <laughs> don't bother if you don't have them even coming by. Hey, hey Bowler, I'll meet you at the campfire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, oh, give man. me a few more years, though. But, yeah, All you know right. what? I think travel across the country may be a great option down the road. I mean, I don't know where we're going to be. Uh, I hope that we can travel by a plane. I know people are, but without masks. Uh, you know, but, you know, this is a difficult time. We're all in it together, and I hope we can, uh, you know, just wade through it and stay positive and then mentally and physically healthy, guys. That's the bottom line. You're here, yeah. Bowler. Hey, uh, Bowler, thanks for jumping on with us as always, and we'll see you here at the arena on Thursday. Yeah, uh, you guys will be on the air. We tip it at 4.30, 4 o'clock pregame, so during a break, maybe slide by and say hello. We'll do it, buddy. Thanks, Bowler. All right, guys. See you soon. That's the great Craig Bowler, Jack, AT&T Sportsnet. Again, that uh, game tips off at 4.30 on Thursday against the Spurs. Pre-game here on the Zone Radio Network begins at 3.30. All right, let's jump out to the Zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. We're helping our listeners today with their love lives, Andrew. We are helping a lot of guys with their love lives today. That has been the subject. Uh, when it comes to ED, you know, we see a lot of guys that don't know where to turn. They go with the pill with supplements, maybe with hormones, and all of those come with side effects. There has not been, since the early 90s, any kind of treatment that does not have a side effect until now. Uh, 2011, the FDA cleared a device that causes neovascularization, so the regrowth of blood vessels. And after all, ED is a blood flow issue, so we're finally seeing, uh, you know, we're finally treating the root cause of the problem, if you're out there listening, you're struggling with ED, we can treat the problem without any medication, injections, or side effects. And there, there's a lot of people out there that are good candidates, uh, right, Andrew, you see from old to young? We do. We have guys in their 20s and 30s every day in the clinic. We have guys in their 90s. And the younger guys say, well, I'm too young to have this kind of problem. 
And that probably isn't true. And the older guys say, well, maybe this phase of my life is over. And we don't think that is true either. So it can happen to anybody. You're more normal than you think. We can get the problem fixed. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on the calendar and they'll get in to see the doctor for free and some other stuff too, right? Absolutely. And we're coming to the end of the day here. So call us now. The consultation is free. The assessment, meet with a medical doctor. Even the blood flow ultrasound is free. Ask all the questions that you've wanted to ask. Uh, There may be an option other than our treatments that could help you. Um, You can ask them about that. Plus, we'll throw in a little special gift. It produces instant results in the bedroom. It's all free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. We'll get to more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big show. This one goes out to Roger. Wanted a little Metallica on a Total Request Tuesday. Songs that reflect your current mood. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson. Time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. You ready, Gordo? Yeah. All right. Today's comes from North Carolina. Uh, there was a, uh, a gentleman. This is a news story about somebody that uh, had a, a stroke while on his houseboat and then... Uh, This uh, magic ensued. I sat down in my chair, drank my coffee, and next thing I know, it was uh, after lunch. And I knew uh, I couldn't even get my hand to move, and my foot wouldn't move. I didn't want to be there for another couple of days before somebody come by, you know. So I said, okay, boo-boo, go get me some help. And she went and got help. Got tears. <laughs> I missed her so much. So this this Chihuahua Gordon Boo Boo ran off and came back with the dock master, who was able to basically call nine one one and get paramedics to the scene and save his life. That's pretty amazing. And the dogs are. I mean. Boo boo, go get me some help. Amazing. Boo boo. Boo boo, go get me some help. And then it happened. How about that? Go get me some help. And she went and got help. That's amazing. That guy almost reminded me of Pan Man there for a second. I heard his voice. Oh, Pan Man would would never. Boo Boo come around the corner just like that. Oh, Boo Boo. (laughs) Pan Man didn't need help. Pan Man wouldn't have needed Boo Boo in the first place. Oh, he might. Yeah, he had Tootie. He did have Tootie. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Boo Boo, go get me some help. Dogs are amazing. They really are. Uh, you know, a lot of them. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I'm... Oh, here's an uplifting, up-tempo record here. <laughs> Gotta talk about a dog saving someone's life. <laughs> well, not all of them. Well, some of them are worthless. <laughs> I gotta agree, though. I'm in no hurry to get a dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter's living with us right now, and, and her husband, they're, they uh, bought a home, and they're renovating it, and they're living here and they had one dog and they got another one so we got two dogs in the house right now how's that going um 
Well, we sort of had our run with dogs in the past, but they're cool dogs. So. Yeah, you're more barnyard animal type people, right, Gordon? <laughs> well, did your chicken I, I, ever I, save I, your life? There was one time when uh, when I uh, I better not tell that story here, but it was it, it, <laughs> I love that chicken. Yeah. You mean when it threw itself in front of Big Dumb Huey's dog <laughs> so that, that you dog, could get away? That dog would have gnawed my ankle apart, and uh, and the chicken saved. Uh, well, the, the Lou, chicken Lou, go get me some help. <laughs> did we, did we know? Gave its life for me. Do we know the name of that chicken? Have we ever? Of all the years I've heard you tell the story, I don't know if wasn't I'm, it Sergeant Pepper. No, no, I just called oh. it chicken. Yeah. You called it chicken? Okay, that yeah. makes this story way less believable. <laughs> it, is so, it is true. Who loves a pet and doesn't name it? You know what that I was did, right I there? That was, a, that was a Darren Williams and Robert Whaley <laughs> moment. That when was when they, uh, Darren Williams, hey, uh, what's your name? Tori Ellis. And then uh, Robert Whaley goes, they say, hey, sir, what's your no. name? Uh, Bobby uh, as, as, Williams. As, as you often say, Jake. When you're questioning a, a, a tale of mine that I'm too detailed, giving. so so yes. But well, this is get too, me some help. if it's too detailed, then you you cast doubt on that. But when I have a chicken and I just call it chicken, uh, that's not good enough for you. So well, yeah, but just, just because you couldn't think up a fake name, did no, you I, did you I call had, your dog dog, dog? or I had, or cat? I had, I had two chickens, <laughs> and they both were called chicken. Yes, yeah, and the first the first one lived. The first one I let go because uh, it grew to a, a size that was a little too big, and so my mom said, "Why don't we go uh, let that chicken go?" So we went to this farm, and we <laughs> just oh, dumped man. it. That that chicken. Did worked. you tell the farmer? <laughs> you can't do that. You, you can't introduce can't. foreign livestock. And by the way, if that farmer found former livestock, that, that chicken ended up fried. Yeah, that chicken was no longer later. called yeah, chicken. Right. It was called dinner. Right. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Last bit of it. You Today on Hey Culligan. Cleaner. How much I need you while you're near me. <laughs> Who requested this from the wedding singer? Fivus. Fivus. Glad we. It was edited. Yeah. Ish. Glad we. Is not a bad word. Glad we edited uh, uh, that. Uh, that's good. That's that's really. You really thought good. it was going to say it, huh? I I was a little worried about it there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I've got to admit, I was. <laughs> Uh, I was uh, I was a little bit. Apparently, concerned. when you reverse that particular swear, it's still pretty close to the other one. Too. Uh, Gordon, real quick, we've talked a lot about uh, Pac-12 and Big Ten not playing today, and as it stands now, we don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. But as it stands now, there are three P5 conferences that are still 
at least keeping the option open to play football in the fall. So uh, my question is, do you feel like we'll see a ground swell of players hit the portal in the next couple of days? I don't know. I uh, that That's a complicated question and one that's, I guess it's possible. Uh, and, and if you were in a situation where you felt like you didn't wait to want to, let's say you're coming into your senior season and you didn't want to wait around to play, um, or or maybe in some cases your junior season. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that would be an option for you. But if if you're going to go play in the SEC, you better be pretty darn good. And if you're that good, maybe you don't have as much to prove as you ordinarily would. And you, do you want to transfer and then you know sit on a bench? Well, I don't think if Penny Sewell transfers, he's going to be sitting on the bench. Well, that guy has. I mean. He's got nothing to prove, man. He's going to be a, a top draft pick regardless. But don't you think it's about more than having something to prove? And I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm, I'm legitimately asking because I'd like to believe that, that, that these players, when they say we want to play, they want to play. Uh, yeah, but if they want to play that, well, that much, can't they just wait another year or wait until the spring? Well, the spring gets a little complicated if you have aspirations to be drafted. You know, I, I don't know. Most guys don't qualify for that. But putting your life on hold in a sport that, that has an expiration date physically, I mean, that's a big ask. Uh, it's like a redshirt year. It's, I mean, I guess. But if you're a, it's like a senior. A year. Or, yeah, think about how you turn your life upside down transferring to another place. Not if you're a graduate. Yeah. You could go yeah. now. I mean, Devontae Henry Cole has transferred twice already. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it depends. I think it depends on the situation. And if someone came to me and asked my advice on that, I would give different guys different advice. But I, I guess I'm asking you is, do you think we'll see it? Because I do. I think we'll see it. Yeah. I think, I think we'll think see it a lot. A lot? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know about a lot, but I think it will happen. If, if it continues to be a go, I, th- I think it will happen a lot. I, I think Pac-12 and Big Ten coaches right now are sweating it. Do you think that with the, with the empowerment if that's what you want to call it, of college athletes right now, they, they seem to be looking for that. That loyalty to a specific program will fade a little bit, and guys will be looking out for number one. Yeah, I think coaches right now are really wishing they could compel their players to stay. Mm. Yeah, well, some will, some won't. But you better be – if you're going to transfer to another school, was well, everyone going to transfer to Vanderbilt? <laughs> At least they'd be playing. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, at least they'd be playing. I, I, I truly believe a lot of these guys when they say they just want to play. You know, I know the other voices uh, get loud sometimes, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I still can't get over that uh, that statement that college football players are being exploited because I certainly don't agree with that. But I, I think the vast majority of college athletes, football players aside, I think they want to play. I think what that's what they're there to do. They're there to play. Yes, they want to play. I think that's a hard point to argue with. Um, I, I just don't know how many are willing to to pull up their roots away from the friends that they've developed in, in a university setting and go elsewhere. Maybe, like you said, a graduate transfer. But I don't, I don't know how many people fit into a category where they feel comfortable doing so. Have you heard Hans talk about all the high school players that are transferring into the state of Utah from California? No. It's happening a lot. And why is that? Because they want to play. 
So nobody in California is playing, huh? Well, they've kicked the can down the road to start the high school football season in December, but I think a lot of people are skeptical of that. Plus, it doesn't fit into the traditional timing of recruiting, and who knows how that's going to be altered with So with what happens if football. they come to Utah and after two games the season gets canceled? Uh, then they move back? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I mean, I'm not trying to justify behaviors. I'm just telling you it's happening. I think in a lot of cases, not not every case, but in some of those cases, kids are trying to get scholarships. Right. And they want to be noticed, and they haven't right. been able to prove their point yet. And so that's why they might be willing to do that. Those who have already achieved that, uh, uh, the schools are very well aware of them. Uh, well, I mean, I, I again, I, I don't think it's about always college scholarships or, or oh, going to the NFL. I if think it's about playing. To- if you're willing to transfer like that, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Well, what about transferring like that to prove uh, that you belong in the NFL, whether you do or not? Yeah, that, I mean, that that could happen. But, again, it's a it's a select group of players who haven't yet shown that potential. But you just told because me I that every player you, believes they're going to be an I, NFL I player. I know, that is true. And I'm not going to argue that because it's been surprising to me through the years how many players feel that way. But if you can play – and let's say you're you're coming into your senior year, NFL teams generally are keeping pretty close track of who who's on their radar. I know some guys have great senior seasons, and uh, and and prove themselves in a major way, and they improve their stock, and and that can happen. But uh, oftentimes, like you you mentioned, Penny Sewell. I mean, <laughs> every NFL scout knows that kid knows his game in and out. Maybe he wants every to go number single, one. Every single one of them. He's going to be a top five draft pick. Maybe he wants to go number St. George's, one. St. George's own. Yeah. Well, I just think we're going to see it a lot, whether people out there approve or not. If the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 do indeed go, I think we're going to see a lot of movement. Yeah, that's, isn't that going to be really – That's. I mean, it's a strange year. I get that. It's going to be strange no matter what happens. But if you half the country playing and half the country not playing – that's just that's just strange. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. Wrapping up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Gordon, not uh, the most positive of news days, but I suppose we got through it. Yeah, we did, and uh, and that's the way it usually is, you know, when you face some difficulty of some sort, you know, you you fight your way through, and you you look forward to watching football uh, at a different time, and who knows, maybe a couple of conferences will try to play. That's not the way I would go. It's not the way I would advise them to go, but uh, I know you're eager to see some college football, so you may see some. That's the way they should go. That's the way I hope it goes. Hope it happens. Uh, take it from uh, from Doctor Jake. He'll uh, lead you in the right direction medically. Speaking. Out of the two of us, over the last several months, who has dished out the most medical advice? Do not give that. Do not say that about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. But that's okay. I'll 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 accept the shot and. Relay my opinion regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ain't no good guys. Wait, you're just leaving it there? I think that's right where now it is our now. Listeners know exactly what I'm referring to. 
What, the song? Of course. What well, else you, would it be? Uh, well, you got to finish it. You just left it at Ain't No Good Guys. That That's doesn't make they, any sense. They, they already know. They know the rest. Ain't no uh-huh. good guys. Ain't no bad guys. There's only you and me. <sighs> and we just disagree. Often. <laughs> but we do so civilly. We do. We, we Even though go... you're a moron sometimes. Oh, okay. Other than that. All right, pal. I know where you live. Just, you may I'm be socially distanced right now, but give me 15 minutes. <laughs> Did you see Simon Cowell took a spill, by the way? Yes. Yeah, on I an did. e-bike? Well, I'm telling you, I, I've had people, I've had like people bring <laughs> like four or five different bike crash peop- uh, victims to my attention. And it just, it, it's, it's just weird. Oh, man. I'll tell you, my wife took me to the place where I had my wreck. And I said, when, when we walked over there, I said, where did it happen exactly? It happened over this way, right? I don't and see she, the shrine in my honor. Where and is- she said it was totally wrong. I was I was in a totally different place than I thought I was. So, hmm. yeah, that was – I'm starting to, uh, to, 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 to get over it, but uh, still fighting my way through a little bit. But uh, I'm, I'm, I've considered myself extremely fortunate. Uh, it could have been a whole lot worse than it was. So well, thanks for asking, Jake. I appreciate it. Wait, well, you didn't ask. We'll take it from Dr. Scott. Uh, Gordon, I think you should take up bobsledding. <laughs> I think that would be good for you. I don't think so. Kidding. We're all glad you're well, Gordon. That's good. I'm glad you're feeling better. In all honesty, you, glad you're you feeling ever, better. Have you ever crashed on a bike? I have. Uh-huh. A bad one? Uh, I don't know if I'd classify it bad, but I picked up some uh, road rash in my youth. Yeah, it's no yeah, fun. Just, just be careful out there, folks. Be careful. Austin, you? Have I ever crashed on a bike? Yeah. Yeah, several times. Yeah, you, you were a kid I saw, once. I saw that Simon, he crashed on an e-bike, kind of like what I did. But uh, you get your speed up on those things, so you got to be real careful. All right, Gordo. Well, uh, you uh, stay safe tonight. Uh, and no rambunctious activity, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm taking it one step at a time. Thank you. All right. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.